Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I uh, hope your week was good. Um, I had a pretty busy week. Was uh, sanding all week. Um, sanding every day. Uh, it was pretty, I don't know, fucking... Wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. Uh, because I got to listen to a audiobook on the Soviet Union and uh, Stalin's rise to power and the Soviet Union's uh, rise to power. Uh, definitely makes the sanding process more interesting when you can kind of listen to world history like that um uh it's it's pretty freaking cool uh to know that like the soviet union basically was uh, uh or even russia in general rather after during the world world war one um was uh just a weak weak nation like they would have got completely destroyed by uh germany or england um and and they were basically conquered by by germany um during their civil war and after it uh as you may know uh because because they were they had a uh uh, what was it again? It was their revolution. They had the October Revolution. So there was a civil war. And they were... Uh, the army was pretty weakened. Um, and... But even then, if they... Uh, had fought in... The war against Germany... Like, even if they had full power, they would have been completely demolished. Because the technology... The Russians had was so far behind um, the rest of the world uh, they they would have been conquered basically um, and that they were demolished I'm pretty sure by the Japanese they crushed uh, crushed them on the their eastern front um, so what happened was uh, Lenin basically just kept appeasing the Germans, giving them whatever they wanted, um, as long as they didn't, uh, uh, take over, uh, Russia or occupy Russia, um, and destroy the Bolsheviks. Uh, I'm not sure if he appeased... England at all, because they weren't really occupying Russia, I don't think, um, at that time. Um, but the main point is, like, uh, from uh, 19, uh, what is it, like, 14 to 19, uh, like, 30... 30s or 36 or something like that so that's I don't know 20 years or 
or more like Russia was a complete uh, pathetic weak nation beca became a world power in 20 years on the size of equal to um, uh, Germany or the United States close to the United States um, they didn't have as much capital I think at that time they were heavily in debt, but they had a lot of uh, assets and national or natural resources, so they could draw from those um, to, to uh, uh, get credit from the banks, which was a big problem when they were uh, so weak uh, back in the day, I guess. Um, the banks didn't want to give them any money. Uh, but, yeah, anyways, uh, pretty pretty interesting stuff. Uh, listening to, to all of that history. Um, uh, I wonder if there's another cool story I can extrapolate from that. Uh, Oh yeah, I, I really think it's cool um, how much paranoia uh, there was inside of the regime for from internal uh, like enemies. So uh, like there was always this constant uh, fear and terror of of people having secret alliances uh which were uh, created to uh sabotage and destroy um uh the regime and they were aligned with the bourgeoisie and you could be subconsciously um allied with these these people <laughs> um so uh so subconsciously um an enemy of the state or shit like that. Uh, what's what was one? So yeah, I guess like his main opponent in the inside of the Soviet Union, Stalin was afraid of was Trotsky because he was uh, another one of Lenin's uh, uh, peers, I guess, or more like maybe not peers, but. Uh, um, clo uh, henchman just under him, like left hand man or something. Like, so Stalin and Trotsky were like just one below Lenin, I guess, in the regime. Um, and Stalin was uh, just uh, uh, terrified of Trotsky because he could. He had the uh, legitimacy um, to probably take him out if if there was social uh, discontent. So he kind of always kept creating these um, uh, uh, what were they like little stories or narratives that there was an enemy from within that was uh, had to be. Uh, destroyed and uh, brought to justice like 
and, and there would be always these, these fake trials and uh, fake uh, confessions um, and executions, of course. Um, so it was a complete mess. Uh, and, and like, I guess another uh, interesting thing to mention was that uh, Stalin was kind of appointed um, the head of the dictatorship by Lenin. I don't know if it was uh, a year before he died or whatever. I can't remember, but um, he was appointed the uh, secretary of state. Um, and I think like that's the exact name. So it's kind of like how in America you got the president and then you got the secretary, I guess. So, um, and inside of that role, he was basically the uh, king of the Soviet Union or whatever. Um, and he had all of these... Um, uh, henchmen and little rules that he created inside of that regime to increase his power even more, which is uh, pretty pretty interesting, um, I guess. So, and and I, and that's like relates back to this the Trotsky, I guess, situation or whatever, uh, because. Um, uh, Trotsky was not given the same <laughs> same power, and then uh, uh, Stalin just wanted to get get rid of him. Any anyone who could oppose him, I guess. Um, and yeah, he did so. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I'm not quite finished that yet. Not quite a World War Two, so I don't know what happens there. What he does. Um he did his little collective farms and those were a huge disaster actually. They initially they were a complete disaster. The peasants um they they, they weren't I guess they were all right while they lived with the Tsar, but they were definitely way worse <laughs> under the collective farm system. At least initially, they were god awful uh, systems, apparently, um, completely wasteful and horrible incentives and to work and. Uh, didn't produce nearly enough as they could have, uh, or were supposed to, um, and a lot of people starved because of that whole change. Uh, but yeah, um, Stalin was all on that because he was, I guess, a hard, hardline communist. He was actually a believer in communism, so he wanted to make. Sure, any 
remaining capitalism was not uh, needed anymore was was obsolete um and yeah i guess in a way eventually it did kind of work out um because oh yeah during the great depression uh the uh a lot of the um western nations were so poor and hard got, uh, done by for money they needed to get it by any means possible capital by any means possible um and there were sanctions on russia uh, before that time on getting uh, credit from banks or investment in their uh infrastructure and and also technology um so during the world or uh, the great depression uh america and i believe the england also uh gave credit and invested in infrastructure and sold russia technology um which was a boon for stalin because Pretty much if that didn't happen the collective farms would have been way worse and uh probably doubtful that he would have survived or continued to be the leader in that uh, regime so he uh, lucked out so because of the uh technology that and loans they got they it ended up being uh I think it was a surplus or something like that. So they they made they actually made uh, money on their um, uh, system or whatever, in spite of it being still pretty relatively ineffective or whatnot. Um, and yeah, I can't I can't remember anything else I was gonna say about that. But yeah, it's pretty amazing definitely recommend checking out that history uh, um, definitely shaped the world we are in today in lots of ways um, yeah I was looking into uh, I guess some Beethoven checking out how he does some writing composes uh his ideas and i noticed something pretty interesting that other people have noticed before this isn't new uh but i guess it's a different um way of saying the same thing uh what he does is he has an idea that he plays um, usually, uh, or let's just say there's a theme, he, he has a theme, and then in that theme there's like probably four divisions, um, or so, yeah, it depends, I guess it depends, um, uh, yeah, it could be like, 
Sure, let's say there's, it could be like two to four different divisions of uh, material that's usually related uh, to, to each other. It's, so there's a slight difference, slight similarities, or, um, and, and they have a length of time that they play in. And it seems that he likes to uh, have a rate of change between these ideas uh, as to uh, to the n. So what that means is he's playing it uh, like as an exponential function uh, faster or slower than the uh, previous or, or following idea. Uh, and then that, like when you say two to the N, that, that literally means, um, or is related to, uh, octaves. Uh, so an octave is, is just, um, when you play a frequency twice as fast as a lower frequency. Um, so that could be a, a rhythm or it could be a literal note, like a string, a vibrating string. So this, so a good example of a rhythm, like an octave as a rhythm would be like, uh, just hear this. So the lower note there, um, let's assume that's a non-pitched uh, instrument. I wonder if maybe I shouldn't use a different instrument. Um, no, it doesn't matter. So I'll play a fifth above it. Assume that these notes are not pitched. Um, so the point is, if the, the lower note goes at that pace, then the da, 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 that's playing like at a rhythm of an octave higher. So a rhythm at, a, at an octave higher. And the the other note, that one is playing an octave lower. Um, so in a weird way, like when he uh, repeats um, those little ideas, um, like in uh, pieces two to the N, faster or slower, um, you get, it's like an abstract, uh, like, uh, it's, it's a repetition of the same note and yeah, I think that that's the, the beauty of it. It's the, it's an abstract repetition of, of the same note. Um, so it's kind of like it's compressed and then it goes, uh, a little, it's like a little faster. It's like a microscope. I think, I think that's a good way of saying it. So it's like when you zoom into a, a leaf or, or like look at a tree, then look closer. You might see a branch, go closer to the branch. You see branches on the branch. 
um, or you zoom out too. It's so it's kind of like something like that. Um, let's see if I can find a good example. Yeah. So this one, what he does is he he plays two. He plays basically one idea uh, and repeats it. Um, and then he plays a new idea that is, uh, or a new harmony that is twice as slow. So, so this part is the slow part, and then this part, so it's like harmony, so it's A, new harmony, now it's B, and then it's new harmony, so that one was twice as slow. Uh, what, what should I do here? I wonder if he does a similar, similar thing here. It's a little harder to um, show that relationship right in this moment. Um, so like right here, he plays A for two measures, then plays E. He actually doesn't play E that long. Sometimes you gotta untangle these a bit. Some parts of the music composing is obscuring when something is the same or when it's different. So I'd say what he does is after that bar, um, plays four bars of A, and then he plays E for one bar, then he plays A again for one bar, E for one bar, A for one bar, and then he has plays E for four bars. Um, so, it, so it sort of fits that scheme of two to the N which is octaves um, pretty well. Uh, so let's just say that again. So this is going to be, I'll just say numbers. This is going to be two. So it's two bars of the same. Two again, four. And this goes to four again. I guess you could say he does four because he has that bell point. 
You could argue that uh, for sure. Um, but, uh, but the point is it's still uh, 2 to the n uh, rate of change of that harmony. Um, and usually harmony is the easiest to follow uh, in terms of change. Uh, contour and um, others, he, he does the same thing as well. And usually connects it directly to the harmony. Um, uh, but traditionally, a lot of training is focused on harmony, so it's easier for me to pick out changes of harmony than changes of contour um, or uh, rhythm um, per se. Uh, but yeah, nice thing for Beethoven, he usually makes it pretty straightforward. Find another theme and I'll show you guys. Um, yeah, maybe I'll play the second theme. So the second theme of this uh, sonata. What's your reaction? Is it the second theme or is it the bridge? Might be there. Interesting. Um, just counting how many bars he takes to do that uh, bridge. So another relationship to octaves is um, perfect, uh, and other than octaves is the fifth, um, and the fifth is uh, three times as fast. So. If three times as fast. Um, so you can project that as well onto uh, the material too. So the uh, so the harmony, if you play that uh, three times faster or the contour three times faster, then you can uh, sort of imply the uh, perfect fifth uh, relationship. And the perfect fifth is the closest to the octave in terms of how much energy um, it will have in, in one resonating uh, note. So uh, most acoustic instruments like a piano, guitar, the violin, uh, the second most resonant note would be the perfect fifth. So that is also a, a, would be a strong aesthetic um, uh, structure to uh, put into your uh, music and themes if you could put that, project that uh, relationship on any feature. Um, um, so I'm looking at this bridge 
and I'm thinking it's maybe about um, it's about 24 bars long and 24 um, is is one of the overtones of a fifth uh, basically so so that means like and there's other ways of he doesn't play it 24 times fast replays it in 24 bars so what that means is he's it's probably uh the fourth he's actually playing which is kind of like the fifth you know um, so let's let's see i'll play it see if i can the bridge um, uh, well I guess you could add those bars there is a couple bars before that um, so if you did that 6 25 24 23 23 to well, there's a couple places where it could end um, but I'm, I'm going to say, go on a limb and say the 24 is kind of what he ends up doing. Um, and um, and whether he he does it consciously or not. It kind of relates to uh, the perfect, perfect fifth, like um, away from the tonic, which is pretty cool. Because in in a lot of the classical um, repertoire, uh, the relationship between the uh, main key and the uh, key a perfect fifth away was uh, pretty common you would just have one theme in the tonic key and then go to the uh, perfect fifth key and you play the, uh, have a theme in that key so you'd, you would contrast those themes um, that way and then bring them back at the end in the tonic key to kind of, I guess, resolve um, the uh, piece of music. At least that was the idea. Um, so it would make a lot of sense, or it would be either just, a, I guess, luck that it would be 24 bars, um, uh, or a relationship of, it would be, Three times two to the end. That's what it means. Three times two to the end. 
relationship of overtones. Um, and this time it would be slower. So you'd actually be playing a perfect fifth lower because it's uh, slower. Uh, still, the idea would would be in there. First Sonata is a good one, I just don't want to use it. That's okay. This, this third one is a good one, I guess. For the harmony, it's pretty, pretty obvious. So you have uh, one, it's two, so it was like one bar. In terms of the harmony, yeah, it's like one. I'll just, I'll just say it all loud. He starts to cut it in half. And the thing is he does obscure, obscure the, uh, um, I guess rate of change by um, using the dominant uh, chord, which is also pretty common. Um, little trick, so he kind of nests that dominant chord inside of the tonic harmony. So there's so what you would say is this is the tonic version of this little idea. And then this is the dominant version. And then he starts cutting it up. start when he does uh, this so that's like two bars and then I would 
probably say, I'll just go with the harmony, how it changes. So it would be just one bar for that. So one bar, one, one bar, five, one bar, five. He actually does yeah, two fives in a row, and then one, and then he has one half, five, one, five. So I would say half. change of harmony that's going by um, and then the, what follows after is uh, basically two bars of this one harmony so you would say I would say two two whole beats two measures for the first two measures it's just C and then what follows you, you could say that it changes harmony every quarter note so just so so quarter so that still fits into the little scheme um, I wonder if he does Anyways, um, as a little machine to just keep spinning out ideas, uh, I, I think it's pretty, pretty useful just to use those rates, rates of change. Um, here, I'll try to improvise something. Uh, it's kind of, kind of fun. You just fiddle around, uh, always just count. It's like four two, one, and then a half, two halves, or, or four quarters. Think of that as the, uh, 
harmony going by. And then you can do the reverse of that. Um, so. Let's try something else there. Um, Mosquito bite my leg. Ah, fuck that. Um, putting me on the spot here, guys. Making me a little nervous. Um, I'll make you a better example. If I figure out firewood, I'll show you. Um, anyways, I think that's a good amount of just talking for now. Uh, other than that little musical thing I was looking into, I saw some electric drums that are pretty damn cheap for uh, what I thought would be way more expensive. I guess you can get these little, they're kind of like a mat or something. Um, Well, if you just put on a table and hit it with sticks and it sounds like drums and you can record that, which is what I want. I just want to have some drums I can record uh, into uh, my software. Um, kind of make some rock and roll stuff, you know. Uh, I like the idea of getting real drums uh, versus just writing the drum parts or getting like a, uh, I don't know, like you can get, I think you can get these little riffs or the stuff I have probably even has already little riffs in it. Um, but I, I like playing things if I can to produce the music. Uh, but if not that, then there's these little finger pads you can get too. It's, they're like little squares on a, on a small console kind of thing. Um, it's not like a keyboard. Uh, it's, it's something else. And you can just do the same thing, little finger drumming. Uh, if you can imagine, five fingers is actually uh, quite a lot of different sounds you can make. Really, ten fingers, you can make a lot of fucking sounds. Um, so, yeah, we'll see.
Maybe get something like that. All right, let's read Finnegan's. 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 Okay, here we are, page 20. Cry not yet. There's many a smile to non-dumb with sight he maids per man, sir, in the park so dark by kindle light. But look what you have in your hand self. The movables are scrawling in motions marching, all of them ago, in pit-pat and zing-zang, for every busy eerie wigs a bit of a tory tale to tell. Once upon a time and twos behind their lettuce leap in threes among the stribbly beds, and the chicks picked their teeth, and the doom key he begay began. You can ask your ass if he believes it, and so cutty me only wallops have heels, that one of a wife with faulty barnets, for then was the age when hoops ran high, of a no-arch and a chop wife, of a palm full grave and a family of levity, or of golden youths that wanted gelding, or of what the mischievous miss made a man do. Mal Mary Dad, he was reversed so grasped by the frisk of her frasks, and her pretty perheek. May face, she's la gay, this sneaky woman. From that trippery toe expectung pillock. Veil, volantine, valentine eyes. She's the very best. Winnie be blows neon good. Flow in, flow an. Ho, whore. So it's sure it was her, not we. But lay it easy, gentle, mine. We are in rearing of no wig. So weenie beanie veenie teeny, comsy see, het wigs if eats newt. Lysam, lysam, I am doing it. Hark, the corn entreats, and the larp notes prittle. It was of a late, or night late, lang time agone, in an old stain eld when Adam was delvin and his madamine spinning water silts, when mulk munt. To naughty man was every bully, and the first leal river robber that ever had her ain way everybody to his love saking eyes, and every billy lived alone a love with every biddy else. And Jarl Van Hoother had his burnt head high up in his lamp house, laying cold hands on himself, and his two little Jiminies, cousins of Arn. Christopher and Hillary were kick-a-heeling their dummy on the oilcloth floor of his home rye castle in the earthen house, and be Dermot who come to the keep of his inn, only that niece of his in-law, the prank queen. And the prank queen ruled, pulled rosy one and made her wit for a nest the door. And she lit up the fireland was ablaze, and spoke she to the door in her petty Perusian. Mark the wands. Why do I am a look like a pos of a porter peas? And that was how the skirt mishes began. But the door hand worded her grace and Duch Nusal shut. So her grace o' malice kid snapped up the Jiminy Christopher into the sh shandy westerness she rain, rain, rain. And Jarl Van Hoother wore lest after her 
with soft doves gull, stop thief, stop, come back to my ear and stop. But she swore a did to him, unlikelihood. And there was a brainy whale, that same Sabaoth's night of falling angles somewhere in Erio, and the prank queen went for her forty years, walking the Tour Le Monde, and she washed the blessings of the love spots off the Gemini with soap, Sullivan's subtles, and she had her four hours masters for to touch him his tickles, and she converted him to the one sure all good, and he became a lauderman. So then she started to reign and to reign and be Red Tom. She was back again at Jarl Van Hooters in a brace of Sammers and the Jiminy with her in her pinafrond lace at night at another time. And where did she come but to the bar of his Bristolery? And Jarl Van Hooter had his bare full of bruised heels drowned in his cellar malt shaking warm hands with himself in the Jiminy Hillary and the dummy in their first infancy were below on the tear sheet ringing and coughing like a brother and his thur. Okay, that's enough for me, guys. Um, not sure if I'll add another little bit to the end or maybe I'll even cut some Maybe I'll cut some. This we'll see. I will talk to you all another time. Bye.